Well, good morning. Welcome back to the broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN Sunday for Sunday, January 7th, 2024. Yeah, that's right. It's our first show for the year 2024. I'm going to be joined by the Legal Eagles, David Levine, Kevin Walsh of Groom Law Group, and then Oliver Rennick is going to be here from the Schwab Network to help break down markets. So sit back, relax, enjoy this episode of BRN Sunday. Where we're going to kick off 2024 with a look at what is happening on Capitol Hill and who better to break it all down. And we're going to look ahead today. Kevin Walsh, David Levine, both are principals with Groom Law Group. They're also affectionately, I call them, we call them the Legal Eagles. Eagles, welcome back to the program. Welcome back to BRN Sunday and happy 2024. Happy 2024, everybody. You know, it's always good to be on the show. And, uh, you know, Jeff, it's, it's always good to talk retirement with, uh, with a retirement expert. Yeah, well, you guys are the retirement experts. I'm the facilitator. Uh, we're going to do a lightning round, gentlemen. Uh, there's so much going on in our industry, and I want to do a lightning round. So, David, I'm going to start with you. When we look ahead, what are you thinking about? You know, I I, I want to just throw throw a, a fop out to my uh, to my friend uh, Mr. Walsh here and say we're it's going to be all about missing participants, but that's not true. Um, I think. The, the number, the biggest thing on the radar for this year, of course, is um, the presidential election. Why is that a big thing? Because we're going to talk about a whole bunch of other stuff this year. But depending who's in the White House after 2024, whether a Democrat or Republican, that dramatically impacts the regulation that comes out and also affects the legislation. Because if this is only going to be a one-term presidency for Joe Biden, the clock is ticking on how long they have to get things in place and done before there is the chance that a new Republican administration would basically be able to undo it all relatively easily. We've we've talked about the Congressional Review Act and all the rulemaking process. Not going to bore it, but that is a big thing. And don't forget the the, the control of the House and Senate could change, which means investigations, hearings, and of course, it can change the shape of legislation. But knowing it's a lightning round, I'll stop there. Yeah. And Kevin, I want to come back to you. David laid out his look ahead. Your your thoughts? I bet I have a few I mean, ideas, if, but your your thoughts. I have a few ideas. If it's taking a low hanging fruit that there's going to be an election in 2024, I guess he's trying to just get predictions he locks on. I'm going <laughs> to go with a, a prediction that's it's pretty high you know, probability. You know, you know, fine, Kevin. I'm just going to chime in and say I didn't I didn't choose the fiduciary word, so I'm leaving that to you. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think did. thank you, David. So now you've you've taken my prediction as well. So this is pretty solid. I mean, it, I, I, it, I guess it, I'm here as a, as a like I'm a backup eagle. Um, <laughs> but uh, what I think is going to happen in 2024 is the Department of Labor is going to finalize its new fiduciary rule. Um, the comment period on it ended in uh, January 2nd. And so right now, the Labor Department is you know working through the comments and working their way to finalizing their proposal. Uh, it could have a very big impact on you know the regulation of rollovers uh, and also on you know in-plan investment advice and also on the services that are offered to uh, retirement plans by broker dealers, by insurance agents, um, and by registered investment advisors in general. Um, you know, we're going to have to watch that gets finalized. They received over nineteen thousand comments uh, wow. in a rushed comment period. So, you know, DOL is going to have to get through all of them before they finalize it. But we know that you know, based on David's comment about the election, has an impact on the ability to get regs done. Uh, the Biden administration signaled last year this is a priority, so we expect them to work on it the first half of this year. 
Kevin, uh, thank you, Kevin. David, back to you. Um, what, what, what else are you thinking about? Sure. Well, let's pivot into the IRS for a moment. The IRS it, it, it is not forgotten in this process. Right before in December, they gave us some I'll call it grab bag guidance on secure 2.0 provisions, some of them going into effect. But there's still a lot more things out there. Secure 2.0 is the gift that keeps on giving if you want to view it that way. There's changes. Like obviously now we're into like student loan matches, matching on student loans and 401ks, where people are thinking more and more about the automatic enrollment mandates that are coming down, pension linked emergency savings accounts. There's all these different things. And, and let's not forget, the IRS pushed out the implementation of mandatory Roth catch-ups for people who earn over $145,000 in a prior year with an employer. There's a lot of questions. And we just went live with, with some of the long-term part-time employee rules for the people who work over 500 hours a year, but less than 1,000 in simple English for two or three years, depending on which year it is. This year, it's three. Um, all these rules, they're wonky. They're weedy. There's a lot of implementation. We may hear more from the IRS. So there's a lot to come on that front. And don't forget, they could also finally give us some more guidance on PEPs. But I'll stop there. Back to you. Yep. yep. Thank you, David. And Kevin, I'm going to pivot back to you. I have a few questions that I want to raise, but I want to get your our next thought. Yeah, I mean, I think the next thing is, I, I think in the first half of this year, probably in January or February, we're going to see new rules about when, you know, about the criteria that defined benefit plan asset managers need to satisfy uh, for some of the exemptive relief they rely on. And by that, I mean, there's this thing called a QPAM, a qualified uh, plan asset manager. And in general, when you know retirement plans hire managers to manage assets for them, uh, they look for managers who can satisfy the criteria of being a QPAM. Uh, you know, during January, February, we would expect the Labor Department to release a new final rule uh, that you know tweaks the rules around when an asset manager satisfies that. And that could have a big impact mm -hmm. on, you know, on contracting, on, you know, who plans hire to provide investment management services. Uh, David, back to you. Great. Uh, I figure this is probably my last one. Let's talk about another topic that is obviously something that Kevin and I hit every so often. Let's talk about litigation. Mm -hmm. This is not a hard one. I, prop I propose and I assume that there will be a lot of litigation this year. You know, Kevin co called me out for low-hanging fruit. That's an easy one. There will definitely be litigation. Even in the first couple of days, we've seen a whole number of lawsuits filed. One of the things that to watch out for is, of course, and I know we're on the broadcast retirement network, but with the convergence of health, wealth, and retirement, there is the discussion of health litigation, which also includes like HSAs and everything. There's a lot of talk last year, a lot of press about it. And a lot of people are saying, Let, we should worry about it. We focused on, on focus on health governance for a long time, but you're definitely going to see continued focus potentially on health litigation and other types of activity as the year comes. And a lot of the cases we're going to see, is there going to be the continued trend towards, you know, I'll say more defense victories than we had seen in the past. We've seen some more defense wins and it's been great on the defense side or not. But there's definitely going to be more litigation as the year comes by. So it's going to be a chock-a-block full year, if I can use more cliches. Oh, I like chock-a-block. Uh, Kevin, chock -a -block. your last... Wow. Kevin, I don't know if you're, if you're at your limit, but I'm going to give you the opportunity will, to respond to I will to stick it. with litigation, too. And I'll, I'm going to go litigation in a different direction, which is that, you know, by the end of June, we will have a decision from the Supreme Court that provides additional clarity or, you know, you know rules around when agencies can you know provide more detailed rules than a statute provides itself 
Um, there's a case that's going to be argued in about two weeks at the Supreme Court, which is really all about, you know, when agencies are allowed to, you know, fill in the blanks or, you know, create their own uh, standards based on a statute. Uh, and, you know, we expect a decision by the end of the term. And that could have a major impact on, you know, basically the whole uh, soup to nuts of, of what the uh, Labor Department does in terms of their rulemaking around things like fiduciary, QPAM, missing participants, uh, et cetera. So I, I think that's going to be a big one to wait and see in the first half of this year on the litigation front. Yeah. Gentlemen, can I just ask one question before I let you go? I want to ask about Social Security. Um, does this one come up? I know it's not employer uh, employer-based benefit. But it's something that a lot of people um, rely on in terms of their retirement. How about Social Security and Medicare? Is that is that a something that we're going to see more and more of uh, in terms of discussion in twenty twenty four? I think that's a third rail in an election year, Jeff. Nobody wants to get in the middle no, of okay, discussion. Okay. So, so um, you know, so, maybe someone will bring it up, but you, you never know what comes out of uh, out of the political process. But I'm not thinking. Maybe my friend Mr. Walsh disagrees. I mean, I, I would expect that by the end of the summer, we'll see, you know, Republicans saying that Democrats want to cut it and Republicans saying that Democrats want to cut it. Um, it is a third rail, and I, I don't see anybody touching it in a, an election year, particularly with a divided Congress. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us. It's another exciting year of beer and Sunday. We're very pleased to have you back again for 2024. Wishing you the best for the rest of the weekend. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for having us on, Jeff. And thank you, listeners. Bye bye. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Welcome back. Now time to take a look at the markets, and uh, we're going to talk about 2024. What's it all mean? What's the jobs report mean? A lot more. Joining us online, he's the lead anchor for the Schwab Network, Oliver Rennick. Oliver, thanks for making time uh, this morning. Really appreciate you stopping by always thanks jeff for having me yeah and, and uh oliver it's uh 2024 and, and i want to get your first um i want to get your reaction to the jobs report which was released 
this past Friday. Uh, just generally, what's your sense? Uh, 216,000 new jobs created. Uh, what's it all mean to you? It was a really interesting Friday session, um, and uh, it kind of adds on to a, a bit of a curious start to the year, which has basically been to reverse the themes that were so powerful in the last two months of last year. Uh, those themes basically revolved around the markets and the Fed's pricing of cuts next year, but a much more aggressive outlook for interest rate cuts by the market than the Fed. That had stocks rallying, bonds rallying, and in particular, stocks beyond just the mega caps, the small caps, indebted companies, low-quality financial companies, etc. So the first week of this year looked very much opposite to all that. Uh, you had some significant tech weakness. You had a few negative notes out from Apple and uh, others on those companies that certainly softened things up. But what was particularly interesting about this week ties into jobs because the bond market basically just stopped rallying. bond market was kind of the centerpiece of this big macro reversal uh, last quarter of 2023, and then it just kind of stopped. Uh, bonds started selling off. The curve started steepening out a little bit in these past five days. And then on Friday, all of this kind of tension going into this jobs report culminated with a really volatile session that saw traders basically betting on two opposite things throughout the day. Um, and that basically went like this. Jobs number comes out better than expected, which adds on to good jobless claims reports from earlier in the week and pretty solid data overall. So the bond market sells off some more Friday morning as the odds of a cut in March drop down from as high as like high 70s to basically a coin flip. And that was as of the market open after the jobs report Friday. We've got bonds selling off. We've got stocks kind of iffy after being weak the previous four days and the dollar higher as the market prices down the expectation for that first cut. But then you get the ISM services report, which has been like the most reliable piece of economic data for years now. The services components that have been very firm, expansionary, above 50 for basically all of the post-COVID period came in way below expectations. And the employment metric in particular within the services report dove um, to contractionary territory. And the rest of the report on the whole was barely 50, which was expansionary still, but a big, big miss. So then everything from the morning reverses. Bonds rally back, dollar falls, stocks rally, and then it all reversed again. <laughs> so the market has no idea what to do with this information right now. And it really is kind of putting in perspective the tension between the reality of the strength of this economy with the other reality, which has been a great degree of disinflation, but an also very, very aggressive pressure by the market on the Fed to start loosening financial conditions further. And it seems like now we are going to need a lot more or at least some more uh, disinflationary data in the next two months to get that cut in March. 
Uh, that's where the tension right now in the market is, is are we actually going to begin the cuts in March? Yeah, and, and Oliver, just to kind of follow up on that, um, you know, we always often joke in the industry about bulls versus bears. It's a little unsuredness or a lot of unsuredness, uncertainty, expectations on one side being very possibly very different than what could happen. Still people talking about, even with the jobs report, 216 thousand new jobs. I know there have been some revisions to other numbers. We talked about that yesterday with Jane King, from uh, who joined us live from the NASDAQ. Um, so, uh, you know, th- there's a, not really an alignment, and people are talking about the R word again, the recession. Is it, is that overblown? Um, do we have to, is it, you know, is it taking a longer term view? Let's wait and see. Maybe there was some profit taking in that first week of, of January, or this past first week of January, it's a little volatility. Is it a little early to talk about the R word again? Well, that's kind of where the conversation really you know, gets to the brass tacks, which is uh, how, do we, how do we bet that the economy is not going to hit a recession when the numbers generally are slowing significantly? Like you could really frame the report on Friday a couple of ways, and one way to frame them is to look at the general – trend over the last year, which has been jobs reports getting revised lower, uh, the government accounting for a decent amount of gains in December, uh, and then generally just a softening of data overall. But here's the problem is that our data is softening, yes, in a way that oftentimes signals recession, but from levels that never signal recession. So it's really a debate about the rate of change or the nominal level. And so the rate of change certainly looks a bit scary, but when you come off of very strong levels, those negative rates of change leave you in a pretty healthy place. That's where the great debate is right now. Yeah, Oliver, I, you know, I like to push buttons a little bit, and I want to ask you about, uh, you know, in a friendly way. We, you and I have known each other for so many years. I want to ask you about this uh, potential approval of the uh, spot, uh, Bitcoin spot ETF. It, it, all intents yeah. and purposes, I know. <laughs> I'm saying this sarcastic. I know what a big fan of uh, of uh, cryptocurrency you are, and this is you know. I would, I, but I want to get your opinion. Yeah, you on know, this. I think it's going to be a big fade on, on the. Yeah, ETF I know. I just, but in all, yeah, in all seriousness, though, I I I, I want to get your impact because this thing. Sure. I read the I read the the press, the news, uh, just like you do. Uh, read a lot of your blogs, but other people's blogs. A lot of people making this out that once it's uh, once this goes through and all these. Uh, filings are approved and products are created that is just going to be a windfall of, of money flowing into this and uh, you know call, call me a, a naysayer or call me someone who's just skeptical um, I'm in that camp of skeptical whether or not sure. this will really lead to not only Bitcoin but some of the other cryptocurrencies uh, taking off in terms of adoption yeah I mean I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm skeptical too and generally I, I, I just don't think it makes a lot of sense there's there's just a whole group of people and investors who um, don't uh, want this thing. And anyone who wanted it could have traded it in so many ways over the past, you know, five years. Well, it's, well, it's been around for like 15 now. Yeah, it's been around for 15 years. Um, so futures, ETFs that track Bitcoin miners or track the Bitcoin trust, I mean – uh, options markets, um, 
off exchange, you know, trading, uh, crypto exchange trading. I mean, anyone who's wanted it has been able to trade it in tons of different ways. And the people who would be compelled by a spot ETF are, I think, in the camp of people who just don't really want Bitcoin. This is not going to change their mind. I don't, I don't know why it would change anyone's mind. Like, I don't think there's really any RIA sitting out there representing you know, uh, your everyday investor or retirement focused, long term buy and hold style investor who's like, you know, itching, waiting to hit that buy button when there's a spotty TF. I mean, they could have already bought trust. They could have already bought uh, micro strategy. They could have already traded futures in their other account. It could have, you know, like, it's just the idea that, like, it's going to open up some big gateway of new buyers for an asset that's been around for 15 years across all kinds of different asset classes. It just, it doesn't really make sense. I think it's going to be more of an opportunity for a symbolic kind of end of the road for Bitcoin adoption. Like there's nowhere, there's no other product to get. This was their goal. This was their whole goal was to get it accepted by main street. So it's going to be, it's most likely going to be accepted. And so then What's the next goal after that? Bitcoin still doesn't have any real utility. So, like, well, what then happens? I think people are going to realize that's the end game, and they're going to sell the heck out of it as soon as the ETF hits. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I'll say uh, just two things, and we can close. I know you're you're busy. Need to get back to to your own show. Um, I, you know, it's it just if you build it, they will come. That mentality uh, in the retirement industry. You can build the best plan, but if people don't use the plan to its fullest, don't understand the plan, aren't properly educated about the plan, the plan could be the best thing in the world. It's underutilized, and I think you know, if you don't educate yourself as an investor, I think anytime you make an investment – this is my personal – I don't speak for Oliver or Schwab, but just myself. I think if you got to educate yourself as an investor into what you're putting your money in, and, and, and you need to understand it. You can't just uh, speak at the water cooler and get – recommendations and and you really have to understand what it is oliver we're going to leave it there you're you're so gracious with your time with us and uh look we look we look forward to having you back on the program again in 2024 of course all right thanks man thanks feel better oliver bye-bye and that wraps up this episode of brn sunday have a topic of interest someone you think we should talk to drop us a line and don't forget for all the latest curated news and lifestyle wellness finance tech so much more in all in one place Check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, then visit our website. Hey, we're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRNAM. We'll have a very special guest and another important topic. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes.